Hey, everybody. So we are back with a brand new episode of our podcast for Spinalpedia. And I was researching people to bring on the show and I found someone who's an author who's been doing some cool stuff to help people who love to kayak out in Pennsylvania, I think. So we're bringing Shelly Kirshner on. Hey, Shelly. Hey, how are you? Very good. I was going to ask if this was your first podcast, but I saw you were on local television not too long ago. So you're kind of an expert at this kind of thing, huh? Oh, well, I don't know. I'm just myself and tell the truth. You know, you can't go wrong <laughs> doing that, right? How many so. podcasts have you been on so far in your in your experiences of life? Oh, only one. Only, only one. one. Only Yay. one with Kate Leadson. Okay. Kate Leadson. I'm sorry, Kay Lathrop. She's oh. actually in California. She's a, a nurse. Okay. who had a um, podcast just for people with spinal cord injuries. And I, that's how I met her. I love it. I love you have your cat with you. What's your cat's name? Oh, uh, this is Utsi. Utsi. What's Utsi. Okay. Where'd you get that name from? It sounds like an old Swedish Well, actually, name. I'm from Hanover, PA, and there's okay. Uts Chips there. That's where oh, it's the whole yeah. thing. Uts, Utsis, U-T-Z. Oh, and cool. my uh, partner teased me because of my accent. So we called, she named her Utsi. I love Utsi. <laughs> it's a cute yeah. one. Well, this is cool. And I, you know, I always talk about how I've been paralyzed for so long, but I think you might have me beat, actually. I think you might. So can we, do you mind sharing how you were injured and when all yeah. that occurred? Because I, we already, I know, but people listening probably don't know. So yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So it, it, it will be 17 years, July 31st. Okay. And, so. Yeah. So 17 years ago and I had a seizure. I suffered a seizure and fell down my front steps and landed on my neck, which instantly paralyzed me from my waist down. How old were you? I was 38. Wow. Was two weeks before my 39th birthday. Yeah. Wow. So seizures, they just can happen. That's what's scary about seizures. This is, you hear about this happening to people. I've never had a seizure before. Is it, <sighs> is it something that just happens sometimes just spontaneously or is it running in families? Well, this is another part of my story. Uh, yeah. Try and keep it brief, but I was. Don't worry. Yeah, share. Yeah. I was um, misdiagnosed from 13 to 18 or actually 19 they said I had panic attacks and then I found out um that actually no they weren't pan it wasn't mental it was physical I had a tumor in my right temporal lobe causing seizures which mimicked panic attacks you may have seen this people on the today show uh, parents yeah. with their kids talked about this misdiagnosis and as like mental disorders yeah you had so, a tumor in you had a tumor in your head. Tumor, right temporal mm. lobe, just a fatty tumor, non-cancerous. But okay. they removed that. They removed it and the seizure stopped. I was having up to 16 per day. Oh I thought God. it was crazy. I thought nobody knew what was wrong with me. The doctors were saying it was, you know. Um, unfortunately, my parents were good people, but they they had their issues and really couldn't yeah. help help me. So yeah, it's but I like, finally got an answer and um, yeah. that that straightened out. So that's really that's what caused my it was that one seizure a year. Okay. You know, going through an injury at any age is hard at 38 is always, yeah. I mean, so I know if you, at the time you were going through some, I know you were married and it wasn't great. Right. I mean, your domestic, right. you were dealing with an abusive husband, weren't you at the time? Yes. Yeah. Domestic so, violence too. Yeah. What yeah. was your, what, what phase were you in with him at the time of your injury? Were you trying to break it off with him or were you still like heavily, like trying to make it work with him when you were injured? Well, I was trying to make it work up until the day I was injured okay. and things changed with domestic violence. When someone becomes disabled, the abuse escalates and it escalated. I was in the hospital at that time, 17 years ago, you were in, I was in for three months. 
And actually yeah. there was a time where it was over a year people were yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, Change. yeah, so it was after that it escalated. I had to get out for, to, for my own safety. Yeah. This, this is really important to talk about. I've done many shows, but we've never talked about domestic violence and people's mm-hmm. disabilities really ever on my show. And I think I'm really glad you're sharing because I know that people experience this and they don't always talk about it. And men and women do. And you're stuck with a partner. Mm-hmm. And when you have a disability, you feel definitely more vulnerable. And like you, I know for me, I've never been anything like that, but I've been with some men who you wonder, you know, if I wasn't in a wheelchair, would they be treating me the same way? I don't know, but it seemed like it escalated. And I know I was reading some things about it and was he just, I mean, do you mind just sharing a few of the things that he would say and that kind of not thing? Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Um, I mean, he was abusive, you know, all these years, all those years we were together, but again, it escalated and I knew I shouldn't have gone home. Even the nursing staff and the doctors knew I shouldn't have gone home, but they were not marriage counselors. So they let me go. And I was too, I was too weak to walk out. Um, But when I got home again, he, one night he just, he was drinking too much and he was pacing back and forth and yelling and spitting at me. I I was in bed, couldn't move at that time. I couldn't sit up by myself, couldn't cat. No, it was very, you know, it uh, depended. He was angry. He was angry because I, I was there to serve him, you know, and yes. couldn't do those things anymore. So he was angry and um, just, I mean, nasty stuff. He would say, next time you pee your pants, he didn't say it that nice. You would have your mommy come and clean you up um, yeah. and stuff like we had a good role now, Ooh. didn't we, honey? Uh, it was just, yeah. he got, he got really nasty. So, so it was then at that moment, I knew yeah. I knew I had to get out. I just looked at the wall. I did not cry. I didn't look at him. I thought, I'm not going to let you get to me. This is, this is over, bud. It's over. I'm done. So as soon as um, my mom and my aide could work things out to come and get me, they packed me up in my manual chair, medical supplies. I left it all behind. That's great. And I was a free lady. So (laughs) yeah. Amen. So where do you go at when you first leave? Did, were you able to live with your mom or did you go to one of those? Okay, good. I did. I I was lucky to to be able to live with my mom. She was a good lady. Again, our parents, you know, everybody has their issues. So it's so hard for, was it accessible? Were you able to find accessible housing? I know that when you're trying to get away, I mean, you need to find somewhere accessible or was it, you're just making it work? Well, it was, I just made it work with my mom. Yeah. Um, right. It was, it was very small mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I knew I couldn't stay there. Um, I just I had to get out and find and, and move on and find somewhere else to live. So yeah. I know there was a lot, I was told there's a lot of help out there for you, yeah. but I did not know how to access that help. And yeah. I think that's so important. Um, I yes. went to, I reached yeah. out to, to, all we had at that time was um, email okay. and the nurse said, contact, um, your local center for independent living, they will help you. I said, okay, I got to do something. I can't stay here. There was no bus service. So I got, I went to the the local independent, uh, the meeting, the next meeting. Yep. Yep. And, um, they set me up with OVR instantly. Okay. And I was out of, I was out at my mom's in a couple of months. Wow. And, um, yeah. And I moved to Johnstown here and okay. Okay. to the Hiram G. Andrews. Maybe some of your listeners, if they're from PA or, Eastern yeah. area. They may, they may not know that name because it was yeah. very popular for a transition period okay. to learn how to ride the bus and right. then they find your housing. Oh. So I decided to stay here. And um, after that experience, I mean, I couldn't, I had no hand function. Oh I yeah. It was a TNS grip at that time. Right. Ah. Pushing, my, 
my mm-hmm. wheelchair with my yeah. wrist. Yes. But, you know, you got to do things afraid. Doesn't matter how you feel. You just have to do them, right? And I and that's one thing I didn't, I want to talk about as well is the fact that you're able to kind of recover some mobility over the years too. I know that your injury was a C4 seven. C5, 6, and 7, but the fracture was C6, C7. I'm fused at 5. And then, yeah, 5, 6, and 7. Wow. Wow. And would you say, okay, so I know you, your injury, you're able to push a wheelchair, right? So you're able to move your hands now and all of that. So you probably appear like a paraplegic, right? I do. I do. And I think, can I I interject this? Because this is so important to me that people know this who are newly injured. The day I left the hospital, the doctor looked at me and said, honey, you are never going to be able to use your hands. Just they didn't even work with my hands in the hospital for three months. Wow. I just, they gave me adaptive silverware, uh, adaptive cups, straps, and uh, you know, just everything. And I I didn't work on them really. And it wasn't until I was home and at my mom's and away from all the stress and the, my ex, my healing started to to progress again. And it's never stopped since from for 17 years, it's never stopped. Wow. It's slowed down, but it does not stop. It took me a year and seven months to get any kind of movement in my index finger. You see oh. all the rest are fine. Yes. It took me four years to be able to, to, uh, to feed myself with a spoon. I wow. ditched the adaptive, the adaptive um, silverware. after. That's amazing. Years. Wow. Wow. What kind of therapy were you doing at home to get to kind of recover. I know you even started walking with KFL braces 10 years after your injury. Did you yeah. go somewhere for therapy or was it all at your house? No, no, I just, no one ever, I didn't have anyone to say, Hey, this is a possibility. And so I met a nurse online and she said, try it. You don't know. And I found it. My oh. doctor said, absolutely not. You can't do that. Okay. So I kept, I, I went doctor hunting for a doctor who would tell me, yeah, I'll, I'll give you KFL braces. Okay. He, he wrote, cool. And he wrote the script and yeah. I went and got them. And it was a good experience. Yeah. I, my abs were strengthened, but it was the problem is it was all upper body. So oh, I, I wore out my shoulders. Oh, okay. I was pretty much using the walker in front of me and then swinging a hip and then oh. leaning to the other side, swing the other hip, but it was all upper body. Yeah, that's not good. No, no. it hurts your upper body. So I did that for about three years and then the shoulder dysfunction just got to the point where I had to stop and had rotator cuff surgery two years ago. So no more walking for me. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. Yeah. That's a bummer. Not unless it's in an ESCO, uh, one of those suits. I've done that one time. How was that? Funny. How was that? The exercise. It was hard because of my lack of tummy control, but oh, there was really? someone behind me, two okay. people beside me. I did it. It was tough though. It was tough. So what do you mean? You need tummy control for uh, to operate that? safely or I've never used yeah. one. So balance, you need that for your balance. I, my balance is not very good. I mean, okay. I can, yeah, yeah. I, I know, right. I can sit on the bed without falling over now. I couldn't do that for about three years, cool. but yeah. um, mm-hmm. I do need to be able to, to rest on my back rest. That's, um, I yeah. wouldn't be able to function for eight hours a day without leaning, you know, wow. have something to lean on. Well, I love that. You're it's definitely for anyone that's newly injured. Hearing your story of recovery post-injury is awesome. I know a lot of people are probably wondering, do you think, did you have an incomplete injury then, would you say? Like your spinal cord was still intact some? Yeah. I did. I had incomplete, incomplete. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I know. I'd but love to know, hear that. I'm a C6 pretty much complete. I've been paralyzed for 30 years and, wow. I, was not, and I was not able to recover anything like you were post-injury, uh, pretty mm-hmm. much dead to the world. It's kind of, but I love hearing stories like yours because it does show 
for all the newly injured people, though, it's not the end of their story and there's recovery to be had. And even if there's not, there's still hope. But I love to hear stories of mobility return because, heck, it, anything helps. And I pray every day for something, but no, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I would. Have you, ever thought, have you ever thought about activity-based therapy before uh, going to one of those centers? I do that here at home. I've done that from day, day the day I got away from my ex. Okay. I started Great. doing that. I sat for hours at my mom's and up here in Johnstown, picking up beads, different size beads and beans and putting them in soda bottles. Now it was difficult. I I was so weak, so weak, but after years of doing that hours a day, I've got pretty much full hand control back. That's amazing. Um, And do you, do you need caregiver assistance or are you able to do your own cares? I got rid of them for like like 10 years and then. Two years ago, I decided I can't do this anymore after this, the rotator cuff surgery. I could not do it. That's and I something. will not do it. I will not do it. And I wish yes. I would have. Well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, I, I just wanted my independence. I That's didn't want the thing. People, I didn't want people traipsing in there in my house. And, right. That's know. how it is. Yeah. I yeah. hate it too. If I could be independent for 10 years, I probably <laughs> would do it too. <laughs> yeah. 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 But now, now I have them coming in uh, six hours a week. Okay. Just, um, just for the extra help. So I don't have to do the laundry anymore, the, the vacuuming and the shoulders need to be protected. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's a huge lesson to be learned. Um, so can, let's talk about your book, if you don't mind, because I think that's oh. how I first found you. You know, I was looking for some people and who were, par- who were paralyzed that have been doing so many, so many people have, you know, published books after their injury. And I know for you, I was going to, you know, ask, start out by asking, you know, were you always a writer or how did the writing mm-hmm. come to you? No, I was never a writer until after my my accident. Um, okay. I no one no one documented my. It's so important for family and friends to document um, rec- recovery. No one did that for me. It wasn't until an aide gave me a book, a journal, and said, "Here, keep make notes." I started keeping notes of my prog- progress, and um, because it's so important, it, recovery. You know, I'd like again, it never stops. It slows down. So when it slows down, you can go back and I can look at that book and think, wow, look how far I've come. You know? That's awesome. That's it's a awesome. reminder of, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep looking ahead. I mean, remember where you come from, but um, so, yeah. yeah. So you slowly yeah. kind of wrote your thoughts down in this journal and then you were like, one day you're like, I'm going to make a book or what, how did that come about? Somebody recommended it. You should write a book. And I thought, you know what? I have learned so many lessons over these past years. I didn't want to forget either. Yeah. So I, I pretty much took my journals and wrote down all the stuff that was important to me and things I didn't want to forget. And I thought were important to share with maybe newly injured. And um, yeah, I wrote, that's why I wrote it. And it was for healing for myself. Yeah. That's awesome. What's the title of your book again? Standing tall and the healing power of gratitude. Okay. Well, how hard was it to put a book together? I've, I've, I've never done <laughs> a memoir before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me about three months. That's how I knew it was supposed to happen. It just, it, I started writing and it just, it, it came out. So I knew it was supposed, it was supposed to be. Was it and, therapeutic as well to kind of put it oh, together? Very much, very much. And I'm working on another one net now. It's, okay. and it's, it's, it's the same way. Now this is taking longer, a lot longer. Yeah. I'm not in any hurry. I don't feel rushed. I'm just doing it whenever, whenever the moment hits me, you know, What's, uh, what, yeah. what's your what's your new book about if you don't mind sharing it is just my experiences and experience okay. strength and hope just sharing again from the heart and yeah 
I want to, I want people to know, I want to share with others who are newly injured that, I mean, there's so much, so many things you have to take into consideration when you have a disability mm-hmm. and it's hard to cover it all. Even when you have family advocating for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I was first injured, I didn't even want to read any of those books that people had read. Right. I'm no. like, get that out of here. I, I no, 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 that is not going to no. help me. And I would, I don't, and I, and I, and I think it's kind of silly because those books can really help it though. If you give them a chance. Right. Sure. But we get, you know, it's, I don't know, everything always works out. That's how I look at it. You get what, what kind you of, need. no, yeah, absolutely. It always does work out. And I think, you know, those books come together and you do feel proud of them in the end, but and sometimes, sure. you know, did, did you self-publish your book then? I did not. I had an editor in California and it was a friend of a friend okay. and he retired and he did this for free. And, um, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Love it. And yeah, what kind had, of all I had to do was write it down in, in a Word document. And he formatted it. And okay. he said, you're a pretty good writer. I don't have to change anything. So <laughs> nice. I love it. I know. I, I think I might do a book at, at some point about my life, but it's awesome to hear uh, the story. It's how it goes, you know, how it comes together. I, and what kind mm-hmm. of like um, feedback have you gotten from people that have bought your book or read your book? A lot have not. I've gotten a lot on. Um, here in the community, I'm mm-hmm. interviewed regularly on TV. People, they just know yeah. me. And um, okay, cool, cool, cool. People here I, are so great. Um, yeah, I don't go out and I don't advertise my book. Okay. Again, because it wasn't I wasn't for money. It was just yeah. for healing and for my own personal. And then yeah, our stories is how telling my story is how I heal a little bit more. You know, each day. So I love it. I, I I'm gonna read your book. I'm definitely gonna read your book. Well, I know I you so. back in 2017, right? Or 18? 16, I believe. Okay. 16 or, uh, you know what? I think it was 17. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I saw it on Amazon. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, I love that. And you're writing a new book. And when can we see that new book? Will it be available anytime soon? Or are you just going to take your time? I'm taking my time, but I've already picked the uh, the name Sitting Tall instead of Standing Tall. Ooh, yeah. love it. Sitting Tall and the oh. Healing Power of Gratitude. Yeah, I thought that was. I'll keep at yeah. it. That's going to, that's a great title. So, all right, let's talk about adaptive kayaking. I know this is a sport yes. that, and a rec activity that, you know, you got into as well. And you've been doing a lot of advocacy in terms of like um, accessibility and kayak launch in your town for people. So how did mm-hmm. you get into kayaking? Was it something you saw or discovered in rehab? No, actually it was only, I would say four years ago, friends of mine, oh, wow. um, they picked me up and put me in a kayak. And it was wonderful. Like I shared with you earlier, it was just, yes. it was amazing to be, to be on the water and that freedom of movement, you know, no metal around you. It was exhilarating. Okay. okay. So I, I didn't go that often because it was so hard on me and them. Yeah. You have to yeah. pick me up and pick me up and take me out. Right. Right. And after my rotator cuff surgery, I didn't want anybody to, I didn't want, I did not want to have to go through that loss of independence again mm-hmm. but that you take an arm away from one of us and we're like helpless right we can't transfer you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was horrible it was horrible but yeah so yeah I thought okay there's no reason this town knowing what I know about them and how yeah. accessible it is that they came together and rallied behind me the business leaders and the respected people in the community and um said yeah let's make this happen and it's not even been a year yet and the launch should be we're hoping by the end of June. That's amazing. So you were, how much, what was the target amount of money that you were raising for it? $65,000. And you were able to raise that amount. We did. We That's did. Some were from grants. 
But again, there is a, a local community foundation that helps nonprofits um, with their their goals, and they they assist in in, in meeting the goals that you want to meet. So, great. so yeah. that's amazing. So you're going to be basically so for for people who are listening who don't know what a kayak launcher is. Can you kind of describe it? I sure can, and I could even send you a video after this yeah. if you would like to see that. We'll share it. Yeah. Okay. So there is a um, a transfer seating system that mm-hmm. allows like it would allow me, anyone from a wheelchair or mobility issues at all to just yeah. slowly lower themselves down to the kayak. Oh. And um, yeah, then you get back out the same way. The trouble for me though, I still cannot get out on my own because I'm too weak. Um, so um, God love my community. I was I was getting worried about that because um, you know, TV is gonna be there and I can get in the kayak, but I still can't get out. <laughs> it's supposed to be ADA, what about Oh that? no. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all worked out. Any, there are so so many people here in the community who are like, I can't wait to try this. I'm going to be able to kayak before I die. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, you know what? Even if I can't do it alone, like I had planned, I know it's not it's not just about me. You no, know? it's not. So, it's amazing. Right. Yeah, it's really amazing. So what they're going to do to get me out, the, the local, um, oh, at the rec center there, they said, oh, don't worry about it. Keep your kayak out here and my guys will pick you up and take you out. So, <laughs> you know, it all works out. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. I, that's a lot of money for a kayak launcher, but basically they, are they putting it on a public park area then they're going to set it there? It by is. It is cool. a recreation. A, yeah. yeah. A little, a little lake we have here at Queen Mahoney. Okay. In Johnstown, PA. Yeah. So, cool. so I know adaptive kayaking, a lot of times people need like to use like adaptive equipment since you have kind of pretty good mobility in your arms. Do you need anything specialized to kayak or are you pretty okay using no. all the regular stuff? I'm okay. The paddles that I use, yeah, everything's good. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, so I'm lucky there, but you know, yeah. as as needs come up here, that's how we look at it. Um, we'll yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll just fill, fulfill those needs if people so, need something. I love it. And Open Waters is your organization. That's the name of it, right? The nonprofit. Right. So, right. And so you guys will help if a quad shows up and wants to maybe go kayaking. You guys are prepared and to even help with that kind of thing then too. Okay, no. Um, Open Waters for All is just, it's a collaboration of um, organizations and just leaders in our community who are committed to opening and expanding the waterways here. Oh, very good. um, Okay. Making outdoor rec accessible to all. So like at a local pool, I think that may be our next job. At our local pool, there's no lift. There's no lift for people to swim. So for 17 years, I've been here like, okay, I can't swim. They have to pick me up and put me in. No more of that. There's no reason for that in 2000. No, there's right? lifts everywhere. Yeah. Well, we don't have them here. So that's, that'll be the next um, project. Work on that. sure. So that's what they, that's what we do. Open Waters for All. I'm just the program right. manager or program coordinator. Okay. So okay. yeah, we're just about creating and expanding outdoor rec. Well, I love it. You guys should definitely collab though with a local rehab place because this is there's opportunities here for sure. You can bring some people over there to go with some therapists or something. That's awesome though. I love it. I love it. So, so you you don't you haven't done any adaptive sports through any organization at all? Then is what I'm hearing. Uh, no, I have not. Wow, no. you're like a you're like this rogue kind of like person out there. <laughs> I mean, I've been swimming for years. I've been swimming for years. I swim. Yeah. But as far as like tennis or hockey, no, I have not been doing any of that. Wow. Well, you're, you're awesome. You're doing your own thing. Basically you're kind of showing, you don't necessarily need 
like a, a non like a, another adaptive place to help you get involved you can kind of just do it on your own right yeah well you I know what it. that's the thing we have to do that we have to be our own advocates yeah. or it does it's not going to get done yeah. if they don't know there's there's a need people are yeah. good people and once they know there's a hey. need there they want to fulfill it right that's so true but if we're just so quiet and, and just stand back and say yeah. oh well i guess i can't do this no where there's a will there's a way you know and you have it. to be creative enough to figure out a way to do something it's how do you get the community aware? Like, cause you're so good at it. I mean, I think this is probably some good advice you could share with people. Like what were some things that really worked for you? Well, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I'd have to think about that. I just, I just talked to people okay. and um, I was very active in just in my community, community in general. And okay. um, it just seems like one door would close, another one would open and someone's, it would just be by getting out and talking to people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to get true. out there. You can't just, yeah, you have to get out there and like let, go let rolling around town basically, or where are we yeah. going to find opportunities? Just like out in public places, that kind of thing. Well, church, um, yeah, I church, went to the right. university, yeah. of, university of Pittsburgh, college, yeah. people That's in school. Great. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and all that they want to know, they want to help. They want, you just, I don't know if, if you, if you put yourself out there, you'd be surprised what happens. And that's why I say I was so afraid to move here in Johnstown, but I did yeah. it afraid and so happy I did. That's hard to move anywhere after an injury. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. are when you moved from where exactly again? Hanover, PA. It's okay. close to Gettysburg. Okay. Gettysburg, York area. Yeah. yeah. So you went from a small town to a bigger town then is what yes, I said. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> awesome. And, um, that's so yeah. cool. You really are. I think, you know. You're a great example to people to show people like really what's possible, even if you're in a small town, the whole kayaking thing, you've really brought that to the forefront there and your book and you're sharing your story and the fact that you're not afraid to talk about your domestic violence. I think that's huge. And I really love that aspect of your book. I'm going to definitely read your books. I know that you share that in there as well. Right. So I do. Awesome. I do. Yeah. One last thought. This is yes. important. Please you, share you asked, how did I, how did I make this happen? It mm -hmm. wasn't just me. Like I shared, I just talked to people, but I talked to my local, um, local politicians representative okay. yep. and said, look, Hey, this is what I want to do. And yes. he would like, well, yeah, here, I'll talk to Sue man. You can get a grant. So you have to go to your rep yeah, representative start there. Okay. 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 And how do you find this? You go That's to city hall or do you, can you find them online and send them an email or what was your most successful method? I just found them online. Okay. Just type in, yes, do a search, do a search. Okay. And, and some places even, yeah, you can type them in and it, they tell you exactly who it is right immediately, you know, That's so, so great. Yeah. So that's what they're here for. So make use of those, make use of the representatives. Yeah. That's a great advice. Yourself and, and others. So yes, definitely. That's, that's it. And get out there and talk and talk to people and get out there and talk well i hope that you have a long kayaking season out there in pennsylvania <laughs> now that the weather so is finally <laughs> hopefully by the end of the end of the month i'm waiting to I hear oh finally today yeah. yeah good do you own your own kayak by the way i do not yet i'm using no? a friend's but okay. um mm -hmm. i know the brand i need to get and as soon as it's installed i'm going to buy one all right well, thanks for sharing your story, Shelly. I, I just think everyone, everyone with the pro, whoever with a spinal cord injury has a story, to, has a story to share. And I knew you had a story, oh. being that you know your story is very interesting with what you've been through. And so, thank you again. And I can't look, I can't wait to see your new book. 
And uh, yeah, I just wish you all the best out there. And I hope that that launch is amazing. And I can't wait to see the official video when it's up and running. I can't wait to share it with you. I can't wait. I'm it's, excited. I'm it's going to be on the news, right? I know it is. It will be. There's a, going to be a day of dedication. So I'll send you anything that I, I can. Yeah, I'll share yeah. that with you. We'll okay. put it on Spinalpedia for sure. Okay. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, Shelly. Have an awesome um, summer and I will mm -hmm. talk to you at some point. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Bye. <laughs> And we wanted to add a few more things to the end of this show because we forgot to ask Shelly about her adaptive yoga teacher training, which I think is really exciting. And I used to do yoga. So Shelly, let's hear about it. Where did you get involved in adaptive yoga? Was it after your injury, obviously, right? Correct. It mm -hmm. was probably five years after my spinal cord injury, I started attending trauma-informed yoga because of my past history of um, domestic violence and of course the accident. And it really, it was a, a benefit to me, but I needed, I needed to learn how to do yoga in my own body, you know, being paralyzed chest down and yeah. do that in, in a normal class. So I decided to sign up for the 200 hour adaptive yoga, yoga teacher training class, just so I could um, build a practice for myself that works for me. No intention of teaching. So we'll see. Oh, where it goes. I see. Just all for myself. I needed a practice and I didn't know how else to do that. And I wanted Ooh. to learn more about the philosophy of yoga. So here oh, we are. Wow. That's quite the leap to just go into a teacher training. So you did no adaptive yoga classes whatsoever. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so crazy. Just, just trauma informed. And um, what does trauma informed adaptive yoga mean versus regular adaptive yoga? Are they different? Mm -hmm. Well, the trauma informed for me was it was sensitive to trauma that we've all may have experienced, such as accidents or domestic violence. Because when you get quiet, sometimes um, we're not used to being quiet. And when you just finally say, hey, whoa, slow down, and you get quiet, things come up from, mm -hmm. can come up from the past emotionally. And um, so there was a uh, trained counselor in the room just in case that would happen. And I noticed through this training that I'm doing right now, I just started weeping this morning and it was, <laughs> I was having issues and it's just, things are coming up because uh -huh. you're getting quiet and listening to my body and my thoughts and just being aware and present in the moment. So, wow. Are you the only person there with a disability or is it disabled people as well learning this or, or? There are several. There is one other gentleman in a wheelchair and others have um, oh. um, psychological, you know, AD, so ADD or something like that. Yeah. But just two of us in chairs. And we, that's one, all... one of our teachers is in a wheelchair too. So that's cool. I like that you're, um, you just kind of, that's available in Pennsylvania. So where exactly are you going for that? Or yeah. It's all online and he is in San Diego, California. It's oh, a, hey. yeah. Yoga, adaptive yoga school. Adaptive yoga. yoga yoga school yeah. yeah okay yeah i've done classes with matthew sanford through mind body solutions you know him yes yeah, yeah. And is from mind mind body solutions Rob, that's Rob, great. yeah he's okay. the manager of, of for my class here that's great yeah so do you get out of your chair then and do all that stuff too or do you, you know i do bed yoga and that's where i have the most freedom of movement but i'm doing okay. both you know okay so you haven't got on the mat and done yoga with people? Not anymore. It's been years because I had rotator cuff surgery. It's just hard okay. to get down on the floor. So I do it in the bed. 
Well, they have volunteers in adaptive yoga classes. You don't have to do the transfer. It's really freeing to get on the ground. I highly recommend it. I've had a two-person transfer. I don't do any of the work. And then I just lean my back against the volunteer. And then you can totally have freedom on the mat. It's really great. Yeah. It's better than being in bed, I think. Because the bed's yeah. too squishy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't have people lift me. But there are Oh, other you can't even have anyone lift you. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. The rotator cuff surgery. How do you transfer then? Do you even? I, I transfer now. Uh, I've been transferring for years, but during that, wow. they used a Hoyer. I hated it. So, wow. Yeah. Well, at least you can do it in your wheelchair then, adaptive yoga. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever foresee yourself actually being a teacher now that you've been doing the classes? Yes, eventually. Of course, I want to share the practice with people because it's changed me. You know, it's really, it's continues to change me on a daily basis. So yeah, sure. If people are interested, I'd love to share it with them. Do you do any headstands in bed? Um, It's all adaptive. It's just blocks in my hand. Yep, yep, yep. So what else do you love to do in terms of the yoga itself? I know there's a whole bunch of mental like gratitude stuff we're going into, but in terms of the, like the physicality, like I'm so, that to me is like the most interesting part because I loved the movement, like getting out of my chair, just moving and stuff and being able to feel like I'm in tune with my body again. You know what I mean? Like adaptive yoga can be mind blowing in that way. I probably should have told you that because I'm really into it. But, um, but yeah, like for you, you haven't done you do any yoga for your injury at all. It sounded like none or did you? Yes, I did. Oh, so you were doing regular yoga. Wow. That must have been difficult then to kind of transition into someone that can't do a lot of those moves, huh? It was hard. So yeah, I'm glad I'm in the class that I'm in right now. But I love the idea. It The first day I wanted to cry because they, you don't, you do not have to move to do yoga. This is so true. You're right. Yeah. So it's accessible to anybody just because we can't move does not mean You don't have to do a big downward dog, right? To be able to get into the zone. And that's what I think I love too, about sitting in my chair and just being grounded. And that's one of the big things too, is uh, just feeling grounded to the earth. I don't know. There's a lot of deep deep stuff happening there, but I know that for you, you were really kind of passionate about gratitude. Was that something that you discovered through adaptive yoga training? Or was this something that is like separate for you? That's separate for me. Thanks okay. for asking mm-hmm. to make it clear. Mm-hmm. It was after my support injury. You know, yeah. I was grateful to be here, but still trying to make sense of, you know, what do I do now? How do I cope? So I was brought up in a religion where we said our fathers and Hail Marys and never okay. really taught how to pray or meditate. So I, I said to myself, okay, Hail Marys and our fathers aren't working. We're going to let them alone. Next time I could get down to the computer and look up prayers, I'm going to do that. So the first one I found was, thank you for all that you've given me. Thank you for all that you've taken. And thank you for all that you left me. And it was just like, wow, that that's nice. I mean, after traumatic experience, I think a lot of people are like, you realize how much you took for granted. At least yep. I did. Yep. And then, you know, each, each day that I got some kind of movement back or in progress progression, I was, I was happy. It didn't take much to make me happy. And that was just a lovely time period for me. <laughs> and then yeah, then the frustrations of um, dropping things and just that there's power in saying thank you. I yeah. dropped a box of blueberries, picked them up, picked them up one at a time with bad hands and a, a reacher, no trunk control. Pick, and, and after like, I don't know, 20 minutes, I was actually giggling afterwards. I was so <laughs> angry at first. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, here we go. 
and but I, I picked it pick picked them up one at a time saying thank you putting it back in the box and after about 50 60 times of saying that you know it was like wow <laughs> I'm happy wow <laughs> that's, that's a powerful <laughs> feeling though to get to that point of being able to laugh at that kind of situation mm -hmm. I mean how do you feel like you were able to get there was it just a matter of being patient and learning well, over no, the years just no matter how I felt, I was irritated and angry inside, but and frustrated. But each thank you, that lessened and lessened and lessened. And eventually my feelings caught up to my actions, right? Cool, cool. That's the key. That is, that's the key. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's so easy to do, but so hard to remember and practice it. Yeah. Acquired having to acquire disability when you know how easy things were before, and then you all of a sudden are living this life where it's completely different really does teach you a lot about uh, mental strength and just patience and appreciation and gratitude. Like you said, I know for me being paralyzed for as long as I have to definitely, you definitely appreciate the tiny little things that people don't even notice that are walking around. But I think that's great though, because I think it makes us love life a little bit more than the average person, right? Exactly. exactly. Have you ever thought about writing a book about your, your feelings towards gratitude? Yes, I have another, it's, I'm writing, I have been writing, but this one's not going as fast as the first one. The first one yeah. took six months to write. I don't know, three, six months. Yeah, yeah. Take you should, time. you should. I am, I am, because it's very healing for me to write. It's very healing to share this with people and, and to go over these things and remember them. So yeah, I will. I definitely, awesome. I'll keep you updated. Well, so great. And so and so if anyone wants to talk to you about the adaptive yoga training or wants to know more about the adaptive yoga teacher training, where exactly can they find that website? If is it out there so they can learn more about it? Um accessayschool.com. Accessibleyogaschool.com. Okay. Okay. And great. The instructor's name is Jivana Heyman. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, thanks for sharing your personal kind of experience with adaptive yoga teacher training. It's so cool that you're, you're you. head first, dude, right into the training. <laughs> and yeah, I hope that you end up putting together a class maybe, because that would be fun to see what you end up doing with it. So if there's yeah. a there's mm -hmm. need out there, I'll fulfill it. So yeah. Yeah. Even online, right? An online class. So sure. awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Shelly. And we'll be in touch, I guess. Thanks. And I look forward to maybe seeing what more you have to say about gratitude, whether in a book or maybe on our blog one day, if you want to share more about it, okay? Absolutely, I'd love to. Love to. Okay. Thank you, Shelly. Have a great one, okay? I will. You too. Okay. Bye -bye. All right. Bye.